Magneto Funky, Walkabout, number 20. It's Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. Hey, welcome, or welcome back. Larry here. This episode sees the start of my informal ride training and my first scouting trip with lots of hike-a-bike. The music is a short set of new and recently submitted tunes. Okay, that was Action, a brand new cut from Kay Jizzle, a frequently featured producer and artist, oh sorry, basterist, 
uh, based out of Stone Mountain, Georgia. Nice. And a personal note. I was going to hold off doing the show till I got my partial denture, which should have been last Friday. But the dentist has some personal stuff going on because the office was closed. It's four days later and the office ain't open yet. I haven't heard back from him either. I hope it's not something bad. Anyway, this is a laid back and often explicit, you bet your ass, a personal journal of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on mobile energy independence and creative West Coast wanderlust. My pod page is 1223studios.com slash mwalk.h. The Twitter is at MagnetaFunky. And while I still have a Facebook account up, hey, I don't go to it every day, the page is facebook.com slash larry.winfield.967. Okay, uh, last episode in the itinerary, I did want to put off the scouting runs until after I got my legs in better shape, but San Bruno Mountain is just as far away as Ocean Beach from my crib. The beach at Half Moon Bay is only 30 miles south, well within the distance of any long tour training regimen. Now, I'd rather not do any formal training at all. I'm not planning to ride the Tour de France, after all, but I gotta do some. I mean, I'm aiming for a bike nomad pace between 10 and 15 miles an hour. Then I was reminded how goddamn hilly this city is. Well, anyway, on Flag Day, uh, Tuesday the 14th, I woke up around 6 a.m. and set out to the Embarcadero a little after 7 and rode up to and across the Golden Gate Bridge, a 20-mile round trip. It was all nice and relatively flat until Fisherman's Wharf ended and Fort Mason began with that steep hike-a-bike. Then another serious incline where Presidio land turns into bridge territory. Now, the bridge itself wasn't overly crowded with pedestrians during the tale of morning rush hour, which was great for the cyclists on a beautiful day with a little wind. Uh, On the ride back, I took a break at Chrissy Field, uh, and when I broke out an imitation granola bar, two brewer's blackbirds, yeah, I looked it up, came out of nowhere, walked right up, waiting for some crumbs to fall. (laughs) And no, I didn't feed them. Uh, This time, I didn't get the Charlie horse until I was almost home, and much less rubbery legs after almost three hours on the bike. The next morning, I rode out to Ocean Beach and back. I really felt the weight of the trunk bag, even though I had switched up and carried the laptop in the backpack to gauge the level of sweaty, which wasn't that much. Uh, After a second visit to Ocean Beach, the walkway and the conspicuous benches were never good spots for me to work at. So on my next ride, I decided to look for a grassy spot in the park's western end for a recording. 
The second long ride also didn't produce a charley horse, but the rubbery legs were a bit more pronounced. Uh, anyway, the next few days were off bike to let the legs recover cause San Bruno Mountain needed to be the next trip. Now, for long ride training, I really just need to ride, like every day if I can do it, but there are apparently practically no entirely flat streets running more than a mile. Yeah, fact, San Francisco is the hilliest city in the country. It's 47 square miles, and not a single square mile is dominated by flat streets. Well, that's kind of what happens when you put a city on tectonic plate crunch. Anyway, to do training rides with the least amount of hike-a-bike, I need the least hilly routes in the city, which led to a couple of days fooling around with local mapping apps like Bikesee and Google Maps on Terrain View. Uh, then I compared a few wiggle routes to an already existing city map of easy bike routes. And I downloaded that one, the SFMTA recommended bike routes map. Nice big PDF file with the least hilly routes laid out. Cool. Yeah, a quick glance at the map and the route through the park to Ocean Beach and the Embarcadero sticks out. And turns out my crib is centrally located to make up to a half a dozen out and back and looping round trip routes. Very cool. Uh, the rule of thumb says it takes at least 10 weeks of whatever your training schedule is to get into your particular bike riding shape. And since I started the day after releasing the last episode, the finish line is Saturday, August 20th using a low to moderate impact pace that gradually increases the miles or hours with the reduced amount of uphills helping me build up my stamina without getting more charley horses. But we'll see. Okay, center stage continues the short first summer set with two new indie tunes. First, we have Purge. The opening track from Vancouver electro-industrial band Frontline Assembly's critically acclaimed 2021 album Mechanical Soul, remixed by Black Asteroid. Uh, then we have A Whimsical Requiem for the Fae by industrial tribalist Canadian band I Vardensphere from their latest album Rage Maker. Nice.
Okay. In the log, the pre-launch stage moves along as the bike shop saw a little progress. Uh, first, the dental part of dental and vision season, I'm still going to say it's wrapping up. I had the impression made for my partial denture, and I was supposed to pick it up last Friday. Uh, the virtual mailbox is still on hold till fall, but it and getting the trailer into storage are the only major items left. Uh, next month, I can tackle the shopping list again, and since I'm doing a lot more writing, I'm sure things I haven't thought of yet will pop up. Meanwhile, I whipped together a simple DIY tent pole out of a couple small plastic seasoning containers that slips onto the handlebar grip and holds a six inch piece of half inch PVC pipe with a tennis ball on top as the tent pole. That gives my camel tarp tent its two and a half foot low profile. A six by eight foot ground tarp will complete my stealth camp gear. Well, after I zip tie the camel tarps together. Uh, also, I upgraded my bike helmet because the other one was seven years old. And I haven't forgotten the replacement laptop. In fact, I've started looking for specific models that fit my minimal hardware and screen specs uh, for under $300 and under $200. That's not a friggin' Chromebook. But enough of that stuff. Let's get back to the San Bruno Mountain Run. Yeah, I turned it into a three-leg trip. To the mountain, then northwest to the Great Highway, and up to Golden Gate Park, then back home. Uh, roughly 30 miles. The desert heat of the very first official day of summer, ugh, it pushed it to the following day. <laughs> So on Wednesday the 22nd, I got up at 7 and set out at 8. The first leg started out better than I expected. I still had to walk up that first incline on Guerrero Street, just south of Cesar Chavez. But afterwards, it was pretty smooth sailing till I got to Daly City. And I ended up walking that bike up the much longer incline of Carter Street to the mountain's base for what seemed like a couple of miles. Well, further on, I walked past the Daly City Brisbane borderline, just inside the official county park and near the official park entrance. It was all low brush, no cover. Hey, I can't stealth camp there. No trees. And I'd be clearly seen humping up that hill without knowing what else is up there. It was no better at the park entrance. I suspect a lot of the mountain is covered in scattered trees and chaparral with very little cover. And actual boondock type areas are deep in the park and not really convenient for overnight camping. Uh, the county park also charges a $6 vehicle fee on the honor system. Uh, and there were day campers there when I came through so I couldn't scope out the area. But, you know, I'm not going to use an official entrance anyway because they got the big-ass gates on the entrance. Uh, I said I'll try Google Maps, the satellite view around the park, to look for any back doors 
and to see where I could get to any convenient trees, if at all possible. Anyway, I left the county park and rode back down and up and down and up again to the starting point of the second leg. Now that took me from the foothills up and over through the Lake Merced uh, San Francisco State Area, which has its own homeless folks mixed in, but they're all in better-looking RVs, not rust buckets or in tents on the sidewalk. Now anyway, through there to Lower Great Highway, then up to Golden Gate Park. After too short a break, I rode back through the park, having to walk the bike a few times because I almost got another Charlie horse on the weak inclines of King Drive and Kennedy Parkway. The three-leg round trip took almost six hours, but after changing out of the biker wear, I tested my legs with a walk to the store. Uh, even though my legs were tired, they felt much less rubbery even going downstairs. Not bad. But six hours for 30 miles, that's a hell of a baseline to start from. And however informal the training may be, I still need to include a few exercises on non-bike days. Okay, for this episode's One More Tune, we close out with Sodium Lights in Sequence slash Highway Homeward Bound by Australian producer The Adeladian from the Project Records uh, release Eternity Is. This ambient piece is also something that goes great with a bike ride through a favorite route. Well, at least it is to me.
Well, okay. Hey, this show is a 1223 Studios joint. Uh, show notes and band links are on the pod page. Send email to mfunkyzine at gmail.com. If you like the show, hey, subscribe already. Tell your friends it's every two to three weeks now. And I'm limiting the parting shots this time to just two targets out of the many atrocities currently festering. First, the unconstitutional travesty of the extreme court, formerly the Scrotus, overturning Roe v. Wade on completely bullshit reasoning from the seditious sex, led by Alito and Uncle Clarence Thomas, who let spill that the next group of rights to cancel are birth control for married women, same-sex marriage, birth control for single women, with interracial marriage exempted for now. Oh, that was ordered by Jenny Thomas, until Uncle Clarence is no longer useful. Now, instead of bemoaning the first shots of this fascist war of aggression, I'm going to point out that the sainted, slave-owning founding fathers already included a fix for a corrupt extreme court. U.S. Constitution, Article 3, Section 2, Clause 2. Look it up and see for yourself. But the gist is that Congress has, and has always had, the power to exert a democratic check on judicial review. The biggest problem with this course of action is that the current Democratic Party leadership is too damn beholden to corporate donors and too afraid of bucking the reactionary status quo to implement such a ballsy move, or kill the filibuster, or expand the friggin' court. Well, anyway, let's see if the corporate media, a.k.a. the disingenuous media, ever brings a constitutional law scholar on any talking head show to explain this instead of continuing to cover the country's slide from half-assed democratic republic to corrupt Christian nationalist empire like it's a goddamn football game. Okay, second, the June 28th session of the January 6th committee featuring the testimony of White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson. What was made abundantly clear was that the January 6th insurrection was planned well before the date. Thugs were brought to the Capitol with the help of Jenny Thomas. Said thugs were armed P. Grabby knew they were armed, and they're not here to hurt me, which should bury any further Antifa was their bullshit, and that President Shithole most definitely wanted to march with the treasonous thugs storming the House chamber. And what, personally put a rope around Pence's neck? You know, it's already been said that when the docudrama of this sorry episode in American history hits the screen... Yeah, big screen and little screen. The spectacle of Mango Mussolini grabbing the wheel and assaulting the Secret Service agent driving the presidential car away from the riot will be a highlight, and the actor playing Orange Queenie will undoubtedly be accused of chewing the scenery. But this ain't a Saturday Night Live or Monty Python skit. It's real effed up life. 
aka America in the 2020s. Yeah, enjoy the ride. It's far from over. Show themes, acid trumpet, and backed vibes by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Bike Bell number 3 by CDRK, found at freesound.org. I'm Larry, still trying hard to stay chill and free of hopefully the last waves of COVID at my Garrett in the Mission, still in San Francisco, working to get on the road and off the grid. <laughs>